0: Alright, so welcome to a new episode of the Plumbers of Data Science podcast. This time with video, I thought let's try something new. Usually I record in my car, but now I'm uh, doing some Q&A sessions, so I think it's a bit more interesting to actually see the questions and to actually see me and what I can do here is I can go to my desktop and I can show you stuff that I find interesting and that fits to your question if you have some comments and I'm getting something wrong or you'd like to add something please 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 use the comment section below if you're on YouTube and add your comment there if you're not on YouTube um you can write me on Twitter hashtag# of data science. You can go to my LinkedIn um, add a new question, add some remarks. I w- I'm going to put this in next video in the next video. Um, also, if you're not subscribed, if you're on YouTube and you're not subscribed, go to the subscribe button below. And subscribe and hit the bell so you get notified um, of new uploads from me. And yeah, always hit the like button. Let people know this is a good stream and that you're supporting. And at, at some point, if you if you have something to add and you think I'm missing something, again, please use the, the comment section below. So I got a lot of questions already from you. Um, I think it was over a hundred questions that I counted, and I think were interesting to get answered for beginner data scientists, for beginner um, data engineers. Yeah, maybe it's 5 a.m. right now. It's uh, about 6 a.m having AT we just let's let's go over some some questions okay so David David asks what even is data science versus data analysis What's a junior data scientist versus a senior data analyst? Okay, so I'm not really sure about a junior data scientists and senior data analysts, but in general, the, the, uh, the distinction I am always taking between a data scientist and a data analyst is that the data analyst um, is more is not so so flexible and and uh, it's hard to explain. So the the data analyst versus the data scientist, it's when you think when you think about the problems that he solves. The data analyst, it's more like here are the tools. Here's the data. Here's the question that I want to have asked. And so the 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 analyst, like a business analyst, business data analyst, uh, BI analyst, he has the data from SAP and so on, and he's he's having that. He's having the tools like Tableau and so on. And then he, ne- he needs to answer a question. And so it's he's, he's relatively fixed in what he can do. When you now uh, look at a data scientist, a data scientist, it's more like, um, here's the question, I need this problem answered. This is the question, and now tell me what data do you need, what tools do you need, what tools can you use. So you're... More free and yeah it it's it's more an open question and the the business uh guy needs to be told what what data do he do you need what data do I need collected from a data scientist or to, does the data scientist needs to be to have collected and then analyze with some tools doesn't need to be fixed so it's yeah next one from Kate Kate asks um, what should an aspiring data scientist do if they can't find an internship or a job to get started I'm assuming they have done some coursework and are ready to be recruited well, one thing that i'm I'm for a long time arguing is that you need to go out and put yourself out there. I mean Kate is doing this as well um, you need to get out there you need to show what you can so take part for instance in Kaggle competitions or do some other stuff something you you may come up with yourself uh, analyze just analyze data ask some questions and try to figure out how to use them with data science how to solve them with data science and then and then document the whole journey uh, get yourself a a blog on medium it costs nothing you can can um, you can document this there? Go on GitHub for your source code and so on, and document it, document it, document it, and then um, try to build a a reputation through that and through social media. And when you then um, apply to a job, go out there and advertise this so in your in your cv help people find the stuff you you've done and then start with an internship try to find an internship and build your actual work re- reputation up but the first thing is after you have learned stuff go out and just apply what you have what you have um learned and try to show people that you're applying to uh, where you're applying jobs to to jobs um that this is that this is something that you're you're the right guy for that next question oh that's a big one How are the roles data scientist and uh, data engineer defined in a large enterprise versus a small venture? Okay, this is actually a a big question. I think there are um, multiple questions here. The first question. part of the question how are the roles data scientist and data engineer defined so very loosely um i would define it that the data scientist is the guy who analyzes stuff um thanks ankit by the way for the for the question um data scientist is the guy who analyzes stuff and the data engineer makes sure or or supplies him with the data he is building up the infrastructure he is um, working all the way to get the data, make the data available for the data scientist, make the tools available for the data scientist on the platform that he is using, and then the data scientist is analyzing the data, creating the insight, and then the data engineer is again um, is again responsible for taking the insight and somehow... Um, deploying that to the customer or or showing that to the customer to the to the one who asked the question Um, let's say if you're on a platform uh, he's the data scientist is creating the insight. the data engineer is making sure the insight is getting to a front-end where the data is then where the data is then displayed so this is data engineer data scientist now the second part is how it is defined in a large versus a small venture. That's uh, the part where people often come up to me and say, "Well, okay, I'm doing both. It, it, it's the distinction between data engineer, and data scientist is not that big. Um, I'm look at me, I'm doing both. And yes, in a in a smaller company." you're most likely to do a lot of both that you may you uh, look into how to get the data how to collect the data store it and then analyze it so because you're more you're more flexible and you don't have the staff to do all that in a large enterprise however it's more a it's more distinct it's more uh, you have uh, you have let's say bigger platforms you have more use cases you have more stuff to do on the platform so you need to separate this and you have a data engineer and you have a data scientist because uh, let's look at let's look at this way the data the data scientist is good at analyzing data is good at machine learning is good at creating insight and why waste the potential from him to create insight um, with other work that he's not not the absolute specialist for, so have a specialist, big companies usually have specialist data engineering, specialists, data scientists. I would say this is a that's a good uh, that's a good way of looking at it, and smaller you're more a generalist. Second part of the question: um, What is better to be a generalist or a specialist, especially when you're talking about data engineering? Well, um, in general, the data scientist is more a specialist, and the data engineer is more a generalist, because you need to know a lot of stuff. You need to um, you need to know Linux, you need to know networking you need to know f- how firewalls work you need to know um, the tools that are used you need to know how databases work how front ends are created technologies and so on so it's a more a generalist role um, that also that also needs some needs coding um, but you're, it, it's more a a broad spectrum of of topics, and you can let's say you're you're very good at programming Spark and creating databases and so on, but it's not that um, you go really down and and uh, know every every aspect of a SQL database and how to manage a SQL database from the ground up, and you're more yeah you're you're more a, a, a on a level how to actually use that to to create value for the data scientist so that so that he can use it um of course at some point you need to if there are problems you need to go down into every everything and and look at everything but um yeah it's more a generalist role and not like a data scientist who is going deep into one one topic of analyzing data and maybe deep into a a technique like deep learning and going deeper and deeper and deeper into a topic next question from Mohammed where can I find some data science related projects and what is the difference between data science and big data okay so where you can find data science related projects. That's not really that simple. One good um location is always Kaggle. Uh, try taking part in a Kaggle competition but um this is partly some though there are some very difficult um very difficult Problems there. Um, I need to look that up, and I need to get into that later. What's the difference between data science and big data? There's, a, there's actually a let's say big data is a part of data science. It's it's the motor of a of a modern data platform, and because of this. It's more a tool used in data science, and yeah, it's, it's it's let's say it's a tool, a modern data platform tool to to um, power data science. Make it make it possible to analyze uh, big big amounts of data and, and and quickly in parallel. And yeah, this is let's say it's 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 not like the difference it's more it's a part of of data science of a data science platform okay <laughs> then there's dmitri dmitri has some has a, has many questions posted um let me just get into this best strategies for moving data infrastructure to the cloud and by how much this move could potentially reduce cost of ownership Now, removing a moving infrastructure to the cloud let's say you have a on-premise installation what you can do is you build up the you have your installation on-premise and you build up your cloud infrastructure in parallel and then at some point you start um, switching and sending data instead of sending data to your on-premise you're sending data to your cloud and so the cloud is is building up data and at some point this this on-premise um, will leave will have no no new traffic will all have old traffic and then you're, you're trying to make um, to send the data slowly to the new platform and what what usually happens is that the data that you have um displayed to customers or for inside that this that, that has the inside that is relative relatively small so the you're you're uh, you're shuffling the data from from the or you're moving the data from the the front end data the the visualization data from the old front end to the new front end very quickly the historic data and then all the other data that is that is there uh, used in data science maybe terabytes of data you can either upload this or for instance uh, AWS has a service where they are sending you like a container um, and you can a, a, a small container that you can put into your network and where you can upload your data and what they do then is you send the the, the snowball. I, I think that's called snowball. And then you send the snowball back over mail um, to AWS, and they import your data, and then it's there or just upload it. But that might might take some time. Um, regarding cost savings, it's not really not really super cheap. The cloud is. Is expensive. It's not that cheap. Um, if you if you create usually if you create a one to um, one one to one setup, so you, you're using the exact same tools on the cloud or on premise. I think there is not really a cost saving. W- where you can save cost is um, when you use um, when you use tools from The specific platform. So instead of setting up a key-value store, or uh, let's say, instead of setting up HBase to store data, um, you're using S3. So you're you're saving saving money on setting up and maintaining maintaining HDFS. Um, Yeah. So it's it's more more the the overhead costs that you can save by saving manpower to maintain stuff or saving licenses but then but you have also need to keep in mind is that you're then a, a vendor lock uh, you have a vendor login so you cannot change um you cannot change between cloud platforms because you're vendor locked into let's say a, a thing like DynamoDB. It's always a trade-off, but yeah, I think saving money isn't really there. You you can save some money if you're, let's say you have a startup, and you don't you you know you get a lot of data, and you just get the data and put it in S3. Forget everything hadoop, spark, kafka. A simple simple thing. You have a, a API that API posts into Kinesis and from Kinesis Kinesis, it gets into a S3 um, into a S3 bucket by use of a lambda function it's not super expensive and uh, you can do a lot of it but if you if you're going to set up a a huge data platform with Hadoop Spark Kafka everything managed by you on top of EC2 instances, this gets expensive. This gets expensive. So, saving money mm, depends exactly on what you're doing. Um, question three here, as soon as you mention the buzzword, the big data, how big is your data? <laughs> cannot really tell you how much data i'm handling on a day-to-day basis um if seriously what data volume and velocity should be generated by a business so the engineers working there could wisely call themselves big data engineers man um that's always the thing so I think the the the, there's not a a distinct line between big data and not big data it totally depends on on your use case when you look at the four the four V's uh, volume velocity veracity and variety um, it's not that there's a there's a hundred percent line of there you have big data there you have don't don't have big data it's more like um, figuring out where you're going with with your with your platform where you're going with your service that you're offering and does that still work with traditional tools like SQL databases and so on and are you analyzing data in a way that you're analyzing um huge data sets uh, huge data sets in the means that it does not longer work with ETL jobs that where you extract all the data then munch it or analyze it, and yeah like if you if you think about a a SqL database you need to make a select statement over a billion of of, li- of rows or multiple billions of rows and and then make a a huge analysis of that or make a a statement and then transfer the data out of the SQL database somewhere make an analysis of all that data and then sending the data back Um, you will you will get to a point where that no longer makes sense and veracity and variety is not the most important here it's it's always Volume and speed, I say the data comes very fast, um, and also how you analyze it. Are you analyzing only small chunks of data, or are you are you also looking into analyzing a analyzing a big volume of of data, and then you need a parallel, a, a parallelized. Parallelized, I'm always having problems with this word, a parallelized um infrastructure. <laughs> uh, I've done a, a podcast recently about this. Um it's this this one, September tenth. Um why distributed processing is super important. This yeah, check out this podcast. Um there i'm I'm talking a lot about um, why you need distributed processing what exactly that means for a platform and that is always also a part of of big data um when when to use big data and why not okay so where was I where was i this one okay okay. wisely call themselves big data engineers. I mean the the most important thing is that you don't use big data tools if you don't need them. If you don't need them and use them this will get you into a lot of trouble. It's complicated, it's expensive and if you don't need it it's overkill. Super important to not fall into the trap of being cool being Big data, yeah. Don't do it. Figure out if stuff still works with your with your with traditional systems, and uh, figure out the growth of your platform so you don't get stalled. If let's say your startup explodes and and you get users in the thousands or tens of thousands a day, and yeah The fourth question I'm, I'm I'd like to answer later um soft skills and hard skills uh, of a data scientist. Maybe yeah I'm planning some sessions with uh, with a data scientist friend of mine, so I think yeah for those questions I will get a, a specialist in here with me. Uh, Question 5. How big a data scientist, data science or data engineering team should be in the company generating up to 10 gigabytes, 100 gigabytes, a terabyte of data a day? And what is the best structure for data warehouse, data engineering team to deliver results efficiently? Um, I'd say you would be surprised difficult to answer without getting into some exact details Um, because obviously I need to hold some information back here Um, because I'm not allowed to share my actual experience in the company I'm working right now Um, I'd say you'd be surprised how many people you you need or actually you don't need Um, you can do a lot of damage with only a few people only a few good data engineers it depends on the platform you're using and it depends on what kind of data you're getting if you're getting let's say if you're if you're if you have a problem that is um very i don't know if serializable is the right word if you have a problem if if you get data from let's say you have a few a few interfaces and the data you're getting is always the same the same form it's it's the same task you're getting locked data from some systems or you you're delivering you're delivering machines to customers and those machines are always looking the same and they are coming always over the same paths they're using the same apis they are getting um handled and they're getting put into a workflow into a storage the same way um you don't need a lot of people you it it, it doesn't make it doesn't actually make a difference if you're getting a megabyte a day or if you're getting a terabyte a day. If the pipeline is is created and it's if the pipeline is used and it's a scalable pipeline, um, the actual operation of of how much how much data is generated a day doesn't doesn't really matter. It's setting up a a a data engineering team that can set up a platform and that can manage the pipelines and set up new pipelines and supply the data data engineer the data scientists, the data science team, the analyzers the, analyzers, the data science team with data. Um, yeah, you don't really don't really need a lot of people. For that you'd be surprised how few people you, you need. Was there more um, Yeah so okay let's let's write this down the data scientist life cycle. data scientist life cycle and the what was the other hard and soft skills uh, those uh, questions I will I will take with me and I will once I get my buddy on the line um, he can then ask uh, answer these questions Okay, Zach uh, asks, "Where's the Zach asks, Where's the best place outside of work for you to practice uh, handling huge data sets?" You don't. There's there's no um, there's no real place outside of work, outside of a project, outside of a startup, uh, to handle huge data sets. The the thing you can do and this this is um this fits to dimitri's, dimitris question um that i've answered previously um you don't you don't need to to handle big data sets to learn the tools you don't need to hand it doesn't make a difference if it's a megabyte or a terabyte data that is going through a pipeline that you have set up. Um that doesn't matter. So if you if you create a pipeline um Kafka Spark into a into uh into something like S3 or Kinesis Lambda S3. Or analyze some some data with Spark from S3. Um, it doesn't really matter if you're if you're uh, learning with sm- a small dataset or a, a larger dataset. The only difference between small and large datasets is that in terms of analytics, it takes longer to analyze them. And in terms of a pipeline, you have more load on the systems that are. That are providing the pipeline. You have more load uh, in Kafka. You have more load um, in Spark because of um, you're uploading data from Spark into Hadoop or into into S3. So the the actual size of the data that you're handling is not that really important because um, if you're on if you try it at home uh, and the pipelines work at home or, or work in test when you set up the systems when you actually set up the systems and they are managed and they are they are working on strong hardware they are going to work as well so there's no not really a need okay I think there was a there were some <laughs> some questions for the first session. Uh yeah. Tomorrow I so this was I have um uh, I've set up four more sections of questions here but we're already 40 minutes in and I think that's it's okay for <laughs> for today. Um let's meet again tomorrow. I'm going to put this up on my YouTube now I'm doing some light editing because yeah, sometimes some S and R's and, and, and scratches um, need to be edited out yeah, okay that's it for now, see you tomorrow and um, if you like this one Hit the like button, hit the like button, and uh, if you haven't already subscribed, subscribe and maybe or and click on that bell. Um, yeah. If if I'm some if I'm wrong somewhere, add a comment below, and yeah. See you tomorrow. Bye bye.